And one day I was eight years old and we had gotten a flyer in the mail for the TNA baseball show. So that's the tour that they did. They would go to different baseball parks okay. and they were coming to MCU park in Brooklyn. And my dad looked at me and I have never seen wrestling in my life before this moment. I might add. And he goes, do you want to go? And I was like, sure. Not knowing what I was going to get into. And if I said no to that question, I honestly don't know where my life would have ended <laughs> up because my entire life changed July 2nd, 2010, when I saw TNA for the first time. And it just blew up to this big thing. And I always joke, like, my dad might have chose wrestling when he was younger, but I don't think he expected wrestling to give us the life that we've been able to live now. It's just insane. It's Welcome to Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Johnny Cadillac. And uh, I must say, you know, I try to hype up each episode as much as I can each and every week that I'm here, when, I, when I'm here with the guests especially. And nine times out of ten, I'm usually here with people I know, like know personally, interact with constantly. And I don't want to say my guest today is a complete stranger because we've been We've been friends on social media for a while, but uh, I've been I've been observing observing her journey and what she's done so far, and it's been fascinating. So I'm happy to have Kimmy Sokol on the podcast today. Kimmy, how you doing today? I'm good. You know, we're in that home stretch for the semester. I have a week less left of classes, and I'm officially a college graduate. But yeah, I've done a couple things in the wrestling business. Oh, Just man. a couple, you know. And that's immediately you saying a couple weeks away from being a college graduate already. And I'm like, I'm, I'm going to talk about my jealousy at times throughout, not in a negative way, of course, because I'm, I'm proud of you and what you've done for, you know, for our friendship as a friend, I'm, I'm proud. And I think your future is very bright. Thus you're mm -hmm. on caddy chat wrestling talk podcast today. Uh, but I'm thinking when I was 21, uh, just go ahead and throw that out there of how young you are, whatever else. And I was in college myself, still no end in sight for even graduating, let alone I had dreams and aspirations. I wanted to be a pro wrestling announcer and I didn't do anything. Like I, I ran a YouTube channel or a YouTube show where I just kind of talked about how I felt about what was going on on the different shows at that time, something that I stopped doing and then came into it again a couple months ago and cringed at like everything I was saying now as a 33 year old. And, uh, but, and then I, I graduated and other than doing play by play announcing in a backyard setting, just no experience under my belt, never took any uh, internships, nothing. And at one point thought the dream was dead. And then it just kind of fell on me where I started working in radio and getting involved with ring announcing, all in the time span of like a week. But then I see you and I see what you're posting on social media. And the fact, and to put it bluntly, like I was a little older than 21 before my first WrestleMania even. And I'm like, man, where you've been and what's ahead of you is so, so bright. So uh, now I'm going to give you the platform to brag about yourself, whether you feel comfortable doing so or not. <laughs> 
Well, so the thing is, is I kind of live two lives. That's what I compare it to. So I live my wrestling life and I live my personal life. And all of my friends have no idea what I do. They're like, oh, yeah, she travels the world. She talks about wrestling and she knows all these famous people. (laughs) Okay. And so when I come back, so I was gone for two weeks after from L.A., to I went to Indianapolis and I came back. So I technically had two spring breaks and all my friends were like, why, why did you leave? And I said, I had work. And they're like, that was work. I said, yes, <laughs> that was work. Despite what you all think work defines as, but yeah, I guess, I guess I do things that are quite cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, okay. So I guess I'm going to ask you, cause you went to WrestleMania this year, as you mentioned, you, you were in LA and you know, I saw your pictures. You were there at the grandest stage of them all and enjoying the event. But I want to ask you right from the get-go then, did you, uh, was this, you said you were working as well. So did did somebody pay for you to go to WrestleMania or did you have to buy your ticket there? I wish someone paid oh, okay. that flight ticket from LA, from New York to LA is <laughs> not cheap. No. So I work WrestleCon, which is the big convention out right. there. Okay. And so the vendors paid me for my work at WrestleCon. And sometimes when we went out to eat, they paid for my meals occasionally. But no, the trip was very much uh, my father paid. This, that was my graduation present from my parents, actually, uh, the okay. LA trip. Okay. Now, was this your was this your first WrestleMania? Or have you been to WrestleMania? Okay, you've been to WrestleMania before, though. So I went to WrestleMania 35 when it was here, my senior year of high school. So that was my first one. Then I went to WrestleMania last year. That was really my first big traveling job. Okay. And then I went to LA. So this was three. So at least, especially between last year and this year, a lot of it was also working in WrestleCon that kind of sparked uh, yes. necessarily your, your trip out there. So Well, for WrestleMania 39, it was interesting because I actually applied for WrestleMania media credentials and I got denied. Oh, so no. the whole WrestleMania trip almost got like, changed in direction depending on if i got approved for the credentials oh man so i i i'm gonna just go ahead and use your episode to explain you know my episode last week where i i kind of talked about how i was in a slump for a little bit where i love doing this podcast and i was in a slump though because where the feedback i've gotten is great and Ultimately, you know, I love what I do, but you know, there, we all hit those times where like work is still work, whether you enjoy it or not. And I mean, I love doing this podcast. I love working in radio and everything I do, but I had an opportunity. Smackdown just came to Lincoln last week and working in radio, they gave me an opportunity. They said, Hey, WWE's contacted us. They're wanting to send possibly Ricochet, Solo Sokoa, and Drew McIntyre to do interviews there. So they gave my podcast like the suggestion, like, Hey, can you come on to caddy chat wrestling talk? And then I hadn't heard anything from there and it was getting about crunch time. The ricochet interview time had already passed. So I asked the lady kind of balancing everything. I said, do you have any sort of update? She goes, Oh yeah, they turned your podcast down. And I was, Oh, okay. (laughs) And so I, you know, I wanted to remain professional. And the fact that I'm actually on my podcast right now, explaining the whole situation baffles me a little bit. Uh, but you know, it's, I get it. (laughs) And you still got to have a trip. Uh, My main thing at that point was I did turn down a booking for my ring announcing going out to Arlington Heights, Illinois, 
because of that situation where I thought it was going to be a guarantee and then finding out it wasn't, but then I still had other things in my life happening that I couldn't take the trip. But I guess for you, even you didn't get the media pass, whatever got turned down, but you still, you still had plenty of work to do. So LA was still going to happen. It was just the trajectory of what was going to happen once you got out there. Yeah. So basically my dad had told me literally in Dallas, he's like, I'm not guaranteeing LA because it's so expensive. And I was like, okay. So in December, a promoter reached out to me and he goes, who are you working for in LA? And I said, well, I don't have anybody yet. Actually, you're the first person to ask me. And he goes, okay, like, why don't you work with me? And I was like, okay, cool. I saw him in January. We were talking and we couldn't agree on a number when it came to pay. So around this time was when I got the form to fill out for the WrestleMania media credentials. And I'm like, you know, I'm a believer in everything happens for a reason. So maybe this is happening at this time because it's trying to tell me like, yeah, I'm going to go to LA for a different reason. And at that point, a lot of promoters like who you working for, who you work for. So I stopped the conversation, but I didn't tell anybody. I was like, listen, like, I have to wait for something to get approved first. I'm not saying what it is, but I just have to wait because I didn't want people to know. And if I didn't get in like, oh, you're a failure because you got disapproved by WWE. So I was like, all right, I'm just going to keep this to myself. Then it was Revolution Weekend when they were going to let us know. And I remember literally sitting at my computer all day waiting for this email and it didn't come. And I'm like, oh, my God. And the editor for the website right for he said to me, he's like, they're good. They're going to email you either way. Like, oh, stop looking okay. at your email. Right. I was like, OK. And the weekend passed. Nothing happened. And he goes, OK, like, why don't you reach out to them? And I think part of me just didn't want the no. Yeah. So I was like, oh. And I remember I sent that email late Monday night, Tuesday morning, I woke up and they're like, yeah, your credential didn't get approved. And I remember I was like, I'm quitting for the day. I am not leaving my room. I'm done. And I cried for about 20 minutes. And then I was like, wait, something good's going to happen. Because that's what happens in my life. Like when something bad happens, something good happens. And then I got approved for the Brit and Adam interview for all access. So I guess that was the up <laughs> yeah, that well, I appreciated. When, when one door closes, another door opens. And I, I want to immediately give you props too, because all this even happened, like you would have hit yourself, kicked yourself even more had you not applied in the first place. So the fact that you put yourself out there and said, well, what do, what do I have to lose at this point, right? And uh, you know, you didn't get what you wanted, but you you still there was there was a silver lining, and you eventually saw that. So, yeah, I mean, the other big thing is I've always said this, like college wise, because I'm actually the only female graduating with my degree in a okay. couple weeks. So I always say, you know, I've faced more discrimination off the sport I cover than the gender I am. So the big thing was like, if I get approved for this, every one of the sports media department here will be quiet because I did something. I did something huge. And then I didn't get it. And I was like, damn it. But then I remember like emailing my advisor. I was like, look, like I get to do this whole thing with Adam and Britt Baker. And this is such a big deal. And he goes, how did you get that? And I said, <laughs> I have high connections in high places, unlike everyone else in this major. And he's like, oh, yeah, Kim, so, Kimmy's right. Yeah. So what, did, what exactly did you get to do with Adam Cole and Britt Baker then? So when the press release came out for All Access, there were two emails that you could email to get interviews. And I remember I was talking to one of my other friends and she said to me, she's like, did you put in to do interviews? And I was like, No. She's like, oh, I did. And I was like, you know what? That, that's a pretty smart idea. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and I 
immediately texted at her for the website right for. I was like, listen, do you think we could do this? And the thing is, I've known Britt for four and a half years. I met Britt in December of 2018 before AEW was even a thing. It was just an online rumor and okay. nobody knew who she was. And the one thing that I could say about Britt and I, and I know she gets a lot of hate, but like she's always been very nice to me. She's always vouched for me in many situations. So I made a goal this year and I'm like, I'm going to interview Britt. It's going to happen. I don't know how. I don't know when. I don't know where. But this is going to happen for me. I guarantee it. So the yeah, for the website, I write for her goes, who do you want to interview? I said, who do you think I want to interview? <laughs> and he's like, okay. So he sends the email and he put in the email, Kimmy's worked with Bray in a previous professional capacity. And so the email is back. And I'm like, okay, we'll let you know in two weeks. Two weeks go by. And I remember I was with my dad and my editor goes, holy shit. And that's all he says. That is the entire text. So I'm like, oh, something must have broke on wrestling Twitter. <laughs> on Twitter. Okay. Nothing's there. Yeah. He's still texting me. <laughs> Nothing's going through my head. Like, maybe you should go check your email, you know? And I go back to the text because I'm like, I'm not seeing anything on wrestling Twitter. What the hell? What is he talking about? <laughs> and he goes, you got Brit and they offered you Adam. And I was like, oh, <laughs> that's great and i remember when i logged on for the interview the AEW media person was like yeah they gave you first dibs by the way so make sure this is good and i was like we're putting that much of a word oh, no pressure <laughs> or anything <laughs> and then i got to work with her a week later in la so i guess it's all full circle oh my goodness that's that's incredible so let's uh let's backtrack a little bit and by a little bit i mean a lot um so have you are you a lifelong wrestling fan or where did kind of wrestling spark your interest let's hear your story a little bit so my dad was a fan when he was younger and my grandpa used to be a cop so like anytime wwf at the time right. used to go to madison square garden my dad always used to go to the house shows so when i came into the world right my dad still watched wrestling and one day I was eight years old and we had gotten a flyer in the mail for the TNA baseball show. So that's the tour that they did. They would go to different baseball parks okay. and they were coming to MCU park in Brooklyn. And my dad looked at me and I've never seen wrestling in my life before this moment. I might add. And he goes, do you want to go? And I was like, sure. Not knowing what I was going to get into. And if I said no, to that question i honestly don't know where my life would have ended <laughs> up because my entire life changed july 2nd 2010 when i saw tna for the first time and it just blew up to this big thing and i always joke like my dad might have chose wrestling when he was younger but i don't think he expected wrestling to give us the life that we've been able to live now it's just insane i mean did he uh did he watch wrestling during those first eight years of your life like, like did he just keep it to himself or like did you just not pay attention if it was on or how, how'd that go about? He kind of kept it to himself. I mean, obviously this was before Peacock and the WWE network. So he right. wouldn't really order the pay-per-views a lot. Anyway, the only ones he would order was WrestleMania. So he would just watch Raw and SmackDown, but at the time it would be on by the time I went to bed anyway. Oh, so okay. it just never like clicked for me. So when he even asked me to go to the show, I was like, Oh, that's kind of interesting. Like I really didn't know. And then, <laughs> Here we are, almost 13 years later. <laughs> I mean, did you have can, any kind of preconceptions of wrestling before that? I'm assuming you didn't really have... Did you have any negative thoughts or anything else? Or were you just 
just completely blind to it and not really knowing anything. I mean, obviously, I think everybody knew WWE, especially, well, yeah. like, as a kid. But besides that, I don't really know. But I do remember one of the kids in my class, he was a wrestling fan. So I was, like, telling him. I'm like, yeah, like, I'm going to this wrestling show. But I couldn't, at the time, I couldn't remember the name of the company. I was like, it begins with a T. He goes, there's no wrestling companies that begin with a T. And I'm like, oh. yes, it is. It's called TNA. And look where Impact is now. Yeah. Like, look at the strides they've made since 2010. Oh, man. So, yeah, no, and I didn't want to, like, put that any negatively. I just didn't know if, like, obviously, of course, anybody knows that pro wrestling is a thing, whether they're into it or not. I just didn't know if you really had any idea in your mind that it would one day, I'm assuming you didn't have any thought that one day it would be something that'd kind of consume you, but. So this is my favorite story of all time. Let's hear it. Like, my friends love this story and they make fun of me till the end of time so when i was four and i was in pre-k right they always ask you like what do you want to be when you grow up and everyone says like all these obscure jobs yeah and my answer would always be i just want to be kimmy like that would be it okay and it wasn't because i didn't understand at the age of four like you need a job to become successful to get money to live a life i wanted to find a job that fit me that I would go to work every single day and I wouldn't consider it work. It would be fun. It would be something I was interested in. And I didn't find that till I got into wrestling. And I remember sitting in MCU park being like, this is what I'm meant to do for the rest of my life. I don't know how, I don't know what this is it. This is where I'm meant to be. And I think the past 12 and a half years have taught me like, yeah, that this was it. This was the only thing because when people walked in and out of my life, wrestling was the only thing that stayed. And I am beyond grateful for that. Yeah. So, I mean, you're you're more involved wrestling than you have imagined at the age of four. But at the same time, in that last 12 and a half years, have you been able to say, I did it. I am Kimmy. Like, <laughs> you have the Kimmy name in the wrestling brand. Like, uh, to me, that's what it sounds like. I have. I mean, the other thing is, so when I made my commentary debut in February, I didn't wear a hat because my okay. parents always yell at me for wearing backwards hats. And when I tell you, no one recognized me because I wasn't wearing a hat and I wore my hair in a bun. I was like, this is why the hat gimmick is over. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going, this is me. Like, I can live with the fact like this is me. Even earlier today, I was trying on my graduation outfit. And I was trying it on with sneakers because I hate heels, I hate flats, I hate sandals. I will be wearing sneakers to this graduation ceremony, whether Ryder University likes it or not. (laughs) So my friend was like, why are you wearing sneakers? I said, because if one thing is going to go right that day, it's the attire on my feet. (laughs) And no one could stop me. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, this sounds like Kimmy, all right. (laughs) That's great. No, my whole thing is, I don't know. So and we'll we'll talk about this more later on but um you know i uh i've been on all four jericho cruises so far and um you know you you have you make so many friends and you make these connections right and so for me when i'm on the cruise i'm always wearing a backwards hat myself but when i live my life here i i don't always do that unless i like to keep my hair short so if it starts to get long where i'm like wearing this headset and i see it in my hair afterwards on with the hat and so, on a Jericho cruise, there's not a lot of people in the Nebraska, Kansas City, in that area. Um, you know, we're select few, whereas you live in New York, there's going to be a lot more of the people around your area there. Um, and uh, and so, you know, uh, I think it was after the third Jericho cruise, I went to a 
episode of Dynamite in Kansas City. And I knew I had enough of my friends through the cruise that were going to be looking for me on TV. I knew my seats probably were going to be somewhere where I probably wouldn't be easily spot on TV. But I said, okay, they're going to be looking for a guy in a backwards red hat. That's what I've been wearing on the cruise. Not unbeknownst to me, what I didn't realize is Kansas City is the home of the Kansas City Chiefs, where wearing a red hat is a very common thing there. (laughs) And so I even had somebody send me a picture. They're like, I found you. And I, I looked at the picture he sent me, and the only thing that resembled me was a red hat in there. I said, nope, that's not me. But there's a lot of red hats. <laughs> so They love their Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, that's for oh, sure. Most definitely. But no, and uh, and I saw your post where you, you mentioned that like apparently people don't recognize me unless I have my backwards hat on. And then I was sitting there from like the you know, Facebook lives I used to see you in and whatever else. I was like, I think I've only seen you in a backwards hat, but we haven't met in person yet, so uh but then when we do, I'm hoping be like, all right, there's Kimmy. She's got the black backwards hat on. <laughs> That's how some of my friends spot me in public, not going to lie. Like, I remember, like, if I'm at the mall or if I'm even, like, out doing whatever, they'll see, like, a person with a backwards hat. They're like, oh, my God, look, it's Kimmy. Oh. And I was like, see, this is how you find me. It's see, like, where's Waldo? There you go. And and I have all the more respect in the world for the fact that it's a backwards hat, too, because for me... I see so many people with baseball hats or whatever else, and they always have them on frontwards. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. It's whatever. Whenever I put a hat in my head, if I try to wear it frontwards, I look in the mirror, I'm like, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't look right. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but if I put a hat on my head, it always has to go backwards too. So like... (laughs) The only time I'll put it frontwards is like if I'm on vacation. So like when I like even at the cruise, like if I'm just laying there getting a tan, then I'll put it on frontwards because then I can't lean back all the way because then oh, the back yeah, like, the hat's like pressing on you. But I mean, same thing. Like sometimes I'll like my friends will tilt it for me. They're like, "You're wearing your hat wrong." I said, "No, you're all wearing hats wrong entirely. <laughs> it's supposed to be backwards." Yep. You're all crazy. Well, see, here's this is what you could take from this interview today is I will vouch for you on that because if I'm wearing a hat, the only awkward time it really is for me at times because again, when I'm around home, that's the thing when I'm on vacation, the hat comes on. Or um I will warn you right now, uh, I don't know, I'm assuming you've met him, whatever else, but my friend Cheeseburger had an obsession with my hat on the last Jericho cruise, so there was times where I'd lose my hat because he'd be like, hey, let me wear your hat, and I don't know what it was about my hat, because there's also a lot of hats around, but it was my red hat that Cheeseburger had to wear, and some of our friends were like, John, you should just you should just give Cheeseburger his own Nebraska hat, and he goes, I have red hats, and so I don't know... To this day, I don't know what it is, but <laughs> that's it's the just only the interaction. Yep, that's the only time where I'd be seen on a Jericho cruise without a hat on my head. Is if if you see me without a hat on my head, look around to see if Cheeseburger is somewhere nearby, and you see a hat on his head, it'll make all the more sense at that point. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So no, that's uh, anyway. But so when I'm home, where I don't wear a hat a whole lot, the only time it's really awkward for me, and I'm sure this isn't a as big of a deal because it's part of it's part of Kimmy it's part of who you are is for me it's like sometimes if I want to have my head just right when I'm driving and you know you have the the the, the pad behind your head on part of the the seat and that's where I'm like okay how do I adjust a hat with this because I don't want to wear frontwards behind the wheel either so 
<laughs> so the great thing is, or this isn't such a great thing, I don't drive. Oh, see, there yet. you go. <laughs> yeah, we're going to put an asterisk on the yet because okay. my parents keep on yelling at me about this. And I'm like, listen, y'all don't understand. There was a traumatic experience. <laughs> Ruined my track career entirely. Oh, man. Um, so what was it? It was my senior year and it was the first weekend of 2019. And my friend and I, we were driving to our camp reunion and we were picking up her brother and we were on the side road turning on a main road. And I don't know where the car, like where this other car was coming from. Cause I actually have memory loss from the accident. We T-boned them. This other car flipped over. Oh, no. I was the only one who got hurt. I got a <laughs> nice little concussion. Concussions are not fun, by the way. I'm sure Worse they're not. In- no they're not because one day like you'll feel fine your head doesn't hurt everything's fine you're moving around the next day you're like i can't move at all so yeah so that's why i don't drive because i'm scared that makes sense i mean i uh i get cautious and it's weird because sometimes at night or long distance driving it it stresses me out and for people who've listened to this podcast or know me personally even just recently as on technically Halloween morning, I'm taking a trip back from the Chicago area where I worked a show and, uh, and my car hits a deer. And so it's been in two situations where there's been a deer involved. That's kind of had me nervous about them, but neither of which I was driving the first time, like my mom hit a deer where I wasn't around. And then I just took a trip with her afterwards. And then she was all cautious, which made total sense. But how that came on to me i have no idea and then the fact that when my car hit a deer i was in the back seat it was like almost three in the morning i was just about to fall asleep i had switched off where the other driver was awake enough that he was gonna take the next leg of the drive and hit him hitting the deer is what woke me up so why i have this paranoia for deer when i haven't actually seen them and i haven't been physically hurt by him my car has but where i haven't i don't know but hopefully it's just a temporary thing for me. So, <laughs> just just deer animal. That like that's the thing. Like even animals, it's just like nope. Yeah, stay away. Absolutely. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get twenty percent below MSRP for an average of fifteen thousand one seventy eight under MSRP on the purchase of a twenty twenty three Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland four by e or Summit four by e. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. You've worked hard for what you have. Your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. All right, so uh, we, we've kind of talked about already, and I want to kind of get more... Go back to uh, so we, we you've mentioned in 2010 you you're exposed to pro wrestling you instantly become a f- fan and look at your life now you eventually made it to be Kimmy and so we're like the future I still say for you from what I've observed from afar still seems to be very bright but uh, 
I guess circle back a little more. How, where did your involvement with actually being involved with the different signings? You work for WrestleCon now. How did you end up getting your start with all the all that you you're to where you're at now? So I'll venture back a little bit because there's like kind of a backstory to how everything really started. By so all means. about four months after I started watching wrestling, it was Thanksgiving, 2010. And I fell asleep on the couch and my dad picked me up and he brought me upstairs and then he had a lot of pain and I was like, okay, whatever. And then like he went to a doctor and it was the day before Christmas Eve that he was diagnosed with cancer. Oh, so day after Christmas, he went for surgery. January, he was diagnosed with kidney cancer. So when you're diagnosed with one type of cancer, there's a 2% chance that you'll get diagnosed with a second one. And course happens in my life right right and so he had surgery and now this year it's going to be 12 years in remission but i the one thing i wanted to say like yes thank you but before we get into like all the convention stuff like wrestling was there for me through all of that because i'm an only child i didn't have a lot of friends and wrestling was the only thing that made me smile every week when i literally thought my whole world was crashing down yeah so yeah you're wrestling so (laughs) Yeah, wrestling. So after all of this happened, my dad saw like there were such things as wrestling conventions. And I wanted to say it was 2011. And my dad's like, oh, do you want to go? And at this time, like same thing, like I had just watched TNA. I didn't watch WWE. So I didn't know anybody. And okay. I was like, sure, I'll go again. <laughs> same thing. This is what I was going to do with my life. And I met, like, so many WWE, like, I met Lita, had no idea who she was. <laughs> George Animal Steel, no idea who he was. Like, all these top legends who I had no idea who they were because I only watched TNA and watched WWE. So the more conventions that we started to go to, I started to get to know a lot of promoters. And this is where I'm going to put Richie over. Okay. So it was 2018. It was my junior year of high school. We were about to go on summer break. And we were at Warriors of Wrestling. And he looked at me and he goes, I want you to work WrestleCon with me Oh, when Russell, when it comes to New York. So this is tw- like 2019 WrestleCon. Okay. And the first thing I said was like, great. I don't have to pay to get in. Saving money. <laughs> Here we go. So I said, okay, like, how do we get there? Because it was June, WrestleCon's in April, a lot of time in between. And he goes, well, how about you have your first tryout right here? Work with D'Lo Brown for the night. And I said, okay. So I did that. Okay. I passed. There you I go. I thought I passed. And I worked smaller conventions, indie, indie shows, and then we eventually got to WrestleCon. I worked with Richie throughout 2019, and then I graduated high school. And another promoter by the name of Kevin Nasty reached out to me, and he said, you know, now that you graduated high school, I think you can move up in the world and you could work with me. So I worked with him for two shows, and then the pandemic happened. And you can't have a wrestling convention in a pandemic in case right. no one knew that. <laughs> so then the virtual signing world was world was born. Yep. And I really didn't like like no one was asking me to do anything. So I was just kind of watching from a distance. And I was like, okay, like these are kind of cool. I guess it's something to do, way for everyone to make money. And it was Black Friday. Richie calls me. He's like, What are you doing right now? And I said, Nothing. He's like, great. I have a virtual signing with Rosa Mendes in an hour. I'll pay you. Do you want to work? Oh. I was like, sure. Again, no idea what I'm doing. Sure. And I logged on to Zoom. We did the virtual. 
And that's how everyone got to know me. Like all of the vendors, all of the promoters, like every single person got to know me for the year plus virtuals I did with Richie. And I got to work with so many talent, networked so much. I made so much money, like more money than I knew what to do with at the time. Nice. I was just getting cash upon cash upon cash. And so I did those with Richie until probably 2021. And I started to get a lot more opportunities from other vendors. So Richie and I kind of mutually decided maybe I should take these opportunities and see where it gets me. So for the past two years, I've played the free agent. I am the forbidden door of the convention, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. And I have kind of just played my free agency. And when anytime someone needs me or there's an opportunity, I just go. And uh, it's, it's given me a lot of great things. And I'm forever grateful that I'm able to travel with my job and go all over the world and meet so many amazing talent that are also really cool people. Because that's the good thing about what I do. It's like, I don't like even when I did that interview with Adam and Britt, right? Yeah. I didn't see it as Adam Cole and Britt Baker. Oh my God. It's like, no, these are my friends. They've known right. me for a really long time. Yeah. And I was like, I should be way more nervous for this. And therefore the website said, no, like that's good that you see them as like your friend. Like it's going to go over so much smoother for you. And I remember sitting there doing the interview. I was like, I'm talking to my friends about their new <laughs> TV show. This yeah. is great. <laughs> no. And there's, there's so many, so many things you said over the last couple minutes that I, I, I just want to add my two cents in here and there. Number one, and I know you would know this firsthand, so you start going to these conventions, and you, you said you met Lita and Georgie Animal Steel, and these people that you had no idea who they were, and I can't help but to think that, honestly, those people you met that you didn't know who they were was probably all the better for them because you weren't that that marking out fan who was like, oh, I met you at this such and such date that they wouldn't remember anyway. And so the fact that you, you stand up, stand apart from everyone else, because I mean, at this point it's simply because like, you're not kissing butt or anything. You're just like, well, nice to meet you. I don't know anything about you, but nice to meet you. And the funny thing is I've worked with Lita. Like I worked with Lita in October of 2021. I was like, wow when i first met you i had no idea who you were and like look at us now and look, and look now. where she is now yeah wow <laughs> but and and you know and i i'll have to put richie over too because my whole thing is i live in nebraska where i mean richie like his promotion and everything's all about he, he reaches out to different people in, around the world but it's east coast based like east coast is in the title and so my whole thing was i i think i was just bored after work one day or whatever else and i get a notification on my phone that said socal val was going live on instagram and so i said okay well i will i don't know what this is but i'll go watch and she was helping richie with some sort of like uh autograph signing and it wasn't anything of her own like he was ha had all these different wwe 8x10s and 11x14s and and she was just like helping him with his sales like boost him up Oh, Randy Orton doesn't do a lot of autographs. You should buy this. Like those kind of comments. And I was like, well, that was kind of fun. I, I ended up even buying a couple things. And uh, and so then, and Richie was like, you know, if you want to see more of this, follow me on Facebook and everything else. And I was like, yeah, I'll go, go ahead and give him a follow. And I think when he was done with SoCal Val, he did a live on his own Facebook page. And I watched that and this time didn't buy anything. And but I, I gave him a follow, so then I would tune in from time to time during different, whether he was just selling 8x10s or if he had virtual signings. And I can't remember which, 
I have a couple ideas in mind, but I can't pinpoint which virtual signing it was where I saw you on there for the first time. But it was it was it was different, and that was in a good way, um, because like you know it was it was another voice, more comments, just another perspective, and so I was like, man, well she seems cool, and I had no idea what the Kimmy Shimmy was, but then I've heard you explain the Kimmy Shimmy enough times to the the different wrestlers you had on the show also questioning what the Kimmy Shimmy was, <laughs> so. I've never seen the Kimmy Shimmy, but I was like, you know, it's a fun, and you're laughing right now. It's something fun to talk about anyway, so, like. Oh, my God, that's such a throwback. I forgot that happened. Okay, oh. <laughs> so. I was going to say, now now I, I kind of left you with no other choice. Now you have to talk about it, so. Now, now we have to, right? Yeah. So we were with Ty Conti, and. She she can dance, guys. She's from Brazil for a reason, let me tell you. <laughs> so first, she tried to teach Richie how to dance. That was a whole spectacle to itself. So she looks at me, she's like, come on, Kimmy. And I said, no, th- th- this ain't happening. No way. <laughs> she's like, now she starts playing the music. She's like, Kimmy, you have to get over here right now. And I was like, oh, fine. So I go over and her feet can move rather quickly. And I, I did track for six years. Okay. My feet can't move as fast as her feet can move and she was like trying to teach me how to dance it didn't work and i was just like screw this i'm done i like put my hand in a circle <laughs> um motion and that was nicknamed the kimmy shimmy that kind of i guess that also got me over too not just like oh, doing the d- virtuals but like that was a big thing did. yeah i remember and again i don't remember it could have been velvet sky or some i'm trying to remember and i probably wouldn't be able to pinpoint different virtual signings with you for sure i just remember and this probably happened I don't know if this happened more than once. I wouldn't be surprised if it did. But the, it was a virtual signing. You had a guest with you there. And I don't know if it was over Zoom, where if you were with them in person or not. All I remember is it got to the point, the Kimmy Shimmy was brought up. Because I remember that was always a goal. Like, if if an item sells for, like, 500 or 1,000 or more, then you'll get to see the Kimmy Shimmy. <laughs> and, uh, oh, I made it hard to get, baby. And, and that's why I've never seen it. So, like... <laughs> and, uh... But I remember that was that was a thing to the point where whatever talent was with you, they had they had uh, that talent mention the Kimmy Shimmy and the autograph that they were signing for that fan. And I'm like, man, whether you tried to or not, <laughs> you made it somewhere just with that. Yeah, I mean, we. I don't even remember the last time I talked about this. My God, but like that was the big thing, and I think just like. That all the talent saw the connection I had with fans. And they were like, wow, like this Kimmy kid, like she, she knows what she's doing. And that's actually what brought me my first real break was the virtual I did with Maria, who's okay. my wrestling mom. I love okay. her. Yeah. So this was 2021. And we were doing the virtual and the virtual was over. She was just signing stuff. And she said to me, she was like, so what's the goal, Kimmy? Like, what do you want to do with all of this? And I said, yeah, I want to commentate. Like, that's the goal. And she well, looks at me. You didn't tell her you wanted to be Kimmy at this point. No, I did not tell her I okay. wanted to be Kimmy. I don't think she knows that story, actually. Oh, there you go. I feel like I have to tell her next time I see her. Probably. So she looks at me and she goes, well, hypothetically speaking, if there was somebody who was revamping a certain woman's division in a certain company, and maybe this person would want to give opportunities out for young people such as you, maybe I would remember this all a hypothetical situation. Yep. I would maybe 
do some reviews, maybe do some commentary over the matches. But that's just me. Remember, this is all hypothetical. I'm not telling you anything. <laughs> and I was like, okay. Four months later, Ring of Honor Women's Championship Tournament. I was like, wow, that was my first inside scoop ever. Wow, <laughs> I've made it. And so I started doing the reviews for it like she wanted me to do. And I worked with her again in May. And she said to me, she was like, I want you to do more. I'm giving, I'm telling the PR guy Ring of Honor about you. And I was like, all right. And so I got to do interviews. So I've interviewed Maria now four times. And she has said to me, she's like, no, you've interviewed me too many times. You need to get yourself out there, Kimmy. Like, come <laughs> on, Kimmy. I was like, well, you're just so interesting to talk to, you know? <laughs> and so I got to do the interviews with them for a little bit. And of course, like I was just doing the reviews. I was covering it like crazy. And that was really the first big break somebody took on me. And Maria has backed me ever since. She literally, I remember when I saw her in Dallas last year, she was like, you're really taking off. Like, I don't know if you know this, but like, you're traveling every week doing so many things. Like, you're going to make it, Kimmy. And I was like, you're telling me that about myself? <laughs> oh, God. You're and the putting one me I over? <laughs> you're putting me over? She puts everybody over. Not going to lie. Okay. She puts everybody okay. over. But even when I saw her in May, she told me, she's like, so who, who's your favorite to win the tournament? I said, Roxy. Roxy won. Yeah. Now, until she tells me not to say this, I'm going to say I had a part in doing that. There you go. Well, Kimmy was thinking maybe Roxy, so maybe this is the route we should go. But, um, and, uh, <laughs> and, and then look at Roxy now. And, you know, she's on NXT and, and doing big things. So, uh, man. 2001 the 2001 babies are making it big in the world <laughs> uh now I, I mean have you have you met roxy does roxy know you no i was supposed to work with her but i had something at school uh -huh. and then she signed so i have not met her oh, but i was no. supposed to work with her. so when, when you're when your wwe media pass gets accepted next time and then you go see her um this is the one time where i'm like hey go ahead and put yourself over and just tell her you're welcome. And she'll have no idea what you're talking about, ideally. And then you'll be like, yeah, remember that that Ring of Honor women's tournament that you competed in way back when? And you're welcome. Look at you now. <laughs> Listen, I'm not saying I did anything, but I'm just saying it, it's kind of coincidental, you know? Yeah, you'll be left for interpretation in the meantime. So, And that's where, I don't know. So to me, because I've, I've been a lifelong wrestling fan, like, uh, my my mom was in labor with me, and my dad was in the room watching wrestling. So I was that's how I was brought into this world. It's always been a part of me. It's always been who I am. And so to me, and I, I'll just go ahead and say, like, I've come across a lot of wrestling fans through different things, and you know, and it it's I I have I've been fortunate enough to make a lot of friends through through you know the Jericho Cruise and everything else. Um, you know, the couple times I went to WrestleMania, I didn't make any connections and. To me, that was the norm. I was like, I'm just here for a good wrestling weekend. And so the, the fact that I went on to the Jericho Cruise and was able to make friends through 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 it uh, like baffled me at the time. Now looking back and seeing what I've done with the Jericho Cruise, not so much. But at the time where you know, it was new to everybody, it was a different thought process. But I think what was, for me, what stuck out and what I was like made me add you on, on Facebook and everything else was the fact that, I mean, you were having a good time. You know, it wasn't just a paid gig you were doing, whatever. You were having a good time. You were connecting with both Richie and the talent. Uh, I, I remember 
more than one occasion where Richie would just get upset with uh, with somebody not paying him or whatever else. And so he has to go on his tangent. And there you were to calm him down. And uh, I, I, I noticed that. But I think what what really stuck in the first time I ever messaged you was you met, made some sort of reference to the office. And Richie had no idea what you were talking about. And so I was like, how dare he not know the office reference? So something The Office is literally, I don't mean to cut you off, the biggest and most streamed show ever in history. <laughs> and he doesn't know what it is. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I won't I won't give him too much too much blame on that cuz I mean, I I've now watched the whole series. I enjoy the office, but I was hard-headed for a long time. And so like I had friends, my brother even who they they grew up they were watching the office and I'd be around it and I thought it was the stupidest thing ever and I, they they would try to get me to watch it and I I just I would and I guess I was still so hard headed that I didn't even give it a chance even if I said I was and it just it took one coworker I had we uh, he was just starting and we were instantly friends and immediately somehow we started talking about different TV shows and he goes yeah my uh, my all time favorite show is The Office. And I said, well, it's never really been my cup of tea. And then we talk about me. And I'm like, well, my favorite, at least right now, is How I Met Your Mother. And he goes, yeah, I've never really been into How I Met Your Mother. And so we just, like, we had this night where we hung out and we watched the first three episodes of both shows. And we both got each other into the different show. More so with me in the office, to be honest. But, uh, and then yeah, you just can't watch the first season. You just have to skip this season two. I tell people all the time: if you're gonna watch oh, The yeah. Office, skip season one, go to season <laughs> two. You won't be confused. You'll be fine. Yeah, no, and a lot of people will back you up on just that. But the fact that I'm not even gonna criticize Richie for not knowing The Office, but the fact that you called him out, how do you not know this? And I, I said I, I have to say something now. So I like, I uh, you know, message you, and I was like, yeah, how dare Richie not know this? <laughs> I am not too shy to call people out on things, especially on virtual sign. <laughs> so do you, uh, I guess from, from your ties then, cause you, you've made it a lot even since then, you now, now like you're, you work for yourself, so to speak, and you're part of so many different conventions and everything else. Was there, could you pinpoint, was there one or two virtual signings at that point that were kind of your favorite? Maybe were, uh, not necessarily, maybe if you connected with the, the talent more or just the feel of the comments of the viewers or anything else, were there a couple favorites of yours? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I loved, so WrestleMania Tampa. So Richie was down in Tampa and I was on Zoom. Okay. I literally just beat COVID, right? Like, I had COVID the week before. Oh, and man. here I am doing virtual signings. So we did one with Taryn Terrell and Brooke Adams. And Brooke Adams, I've probably known since I was 15. And she is just one of the funniest people I've ever met in my life. And we were just literally, like, partying the entire time. I literally felt like I wasn't at work. I was just chilling, hanging with my friends, talking to them. So that's always been, like, an all-time for me. Just, like, I like that was really the first or the second WrestleMania weekend I got to work. And I remember my roommates were, like, hating me. They're like, why? This is so stupid. I was like, y'all don't get it. This is the biggest week of our year. Like, we're doing work nonstop. And they've been very grateful the last two years. I've gotten to go to the city where WrestleMania is so they don't have to deal with it. 
But besides that, I'd say the Brit one even because getting to work with Brit at that point, you know, people knew who she was. It was right before she won the title. Right when she turned heel, people were really getting behind her. So even that one and like her remembering me and obviously that sparked a friendship with her. So I'd probably say either one of those two. I I need to ask you, because anyone who knows me personally uh, knows uh, one one individual that I've I've seen you work with that I've always been the biggest fan of. And so if you have any fun stories and you got on the Zoom a uh, couple times now and I noticed right away, you have any good Chelsea Green stories? Because like Chelsea I Green do. is one of my favorites, always has been, so... I have such a good Chelsea Green story. So the day I worked with her, it was a virtual and I had worked at um, the day camp that I've been going to since I was eight years old. And that day I actually got choked at, I got choked by a camper. Like camper literally pulled my shirt and choked me. So I was not happy. And I was literally leaving, like I was leaving camp early to work with Chelsea anyway. But I looked at my boss and I said to them, I was like, if I wasn't leaving early, I would I would be gone already. Like this is ridiculous. The fact that like this nine year old camper is choking me out. Like I don't get paid enough to deal with this. So I go home. I'm eating lunch because I had about like an hour, an hour and a half till I had to go meet Richie. So he calls me and he goes, "Do you want me to pick you up?" And I said, "No, no, no." Like I still have to shower. And I said, "Like this camper choked me." The phone was on speaker, and Chelsea Green heard that. So I'm like great i didn't know this yet right so i go to the office i go upstairs and you know she's sitting there on her phone i'm like hi chelsea i'm kimmy like nice to meet you she goes hi kimmy can you please explain to me how a nine-year-old choked you today because i need to hear this story (laughs) and i'm like ah what a great start to my day so i tell her the story and she goes okay so i'm gonna assume you've been a wrestling fan for a rather long time a wrestling maneuver to counter would have been grateful for you to use and i said again the child was nine she's kind of (laughs) tiny i didn't have like a good and that was our first interaction and (laughs) i mean i've worked with her now i think two or three times and like just seeing her go to wwe and just do what she's doing i so hope we're recording this on thursday i hope she wins the tag titles tomorrow and i got to see her in la and i remember just looking at her i'm like you deserve this weekend more than anybody she's one of the very few people actually that helped me with a school assignment i did a whole feature story on her and i got an a that that's incredible that's awesome and (laughs) no i i will never never stop saying good things about chelsea myself i've only met her once um Fortunately enough for me, all I had to do was introduce myself and she'd seen me from enough virtual signings and everything else that she did know who I was. So it was, it was a nice interaction. She she goes, I feel like we've known each other for so long, but this is the first time we're meeting each other. I said, yep, it's the first time. And like, uh, she's just so down to earth. But the fact that, you know, she goes into WWE now, I'm not active on Twitter very often in general myself, but I've gone on so many times over the last couple months just to talk trash on Adam Pierce, just playing along with everything just because I'm a Chelsea green fan. Literally. He's like ruining everything for her. Like justice for Chelsea green. Unbelievable. Adam Pierce needs to get on the Chelsea green train. Yep. I can't. Unbelievable. Yep. So hopefully, hopefully she has some championship gold in her very near future. By the time this airs, hopefully we, the listeners are hearing us talk about one half of the current, Women's tag team champions Chelsea Green, so maybe 
Maybe he can wake up a little bit then, but I don't know. I have my... We're manifesting it, though. Like, we're putting it into the universe that yes. tomorrow she's going to win. Yes, absolutely. So we, we uh, talk about, you know, some of the virtual signings you worked with and some, some positive stories, and I got to, you know, share my fandom with Chelsea Green a little bit. But I know from the what I've seen you post, uh, it sounds like we're I'm talking to a pretty big Seth Rollins fan here. Am I, am I correct in saying this? <laughs> That's my guy. <laughs> I love him. So, he has... Um, oh, no, you can continue. I was going to say, I was just going to ask if you've been a fan of him from the get-go, but he sounded like you were ready to talk about him, so have at it. Oh, I love him. Um, I credit Rollins a lot because when he first debuted in The Shield, he was always... Like, you're wearing a Shield shirt now, so you're going you're gonna to understand this. Yeah. He was always viewed as just the third guy. Oh, yeah. Like... Roman was the big powerhouse. Ambrose was the crazy one, but Seth was just there. And I think because I've always considered myself kind of the underdog, I fell in love with the underdog story that Rollins was going through. And he was the one to turn. He was the first one to hold major gold. And he's gone on to have like an amazing career. And the one other thing, like I got to meet Rollins twice. Best days of my life. (laughs) And... I just think it's so fitting that throughout high school and like even now, like trying to trying to make it as if I've beaten my anxiety. <laughs> but when I did track, like I was always really, really anxious before races and so many people would just listen to music, listen to music. I was watching the WWE twenty four on Seth Rollins every single race. And I literally mean like I could probably cite the entire <laughs> WWE twenty four on Seth Rollins. That's how many times I watched it. And Throughout my senior year, like, that was the first WrestleMania I went to. And I remember, like, for the first four months, like, I was almost cut from the team. I was really anxious, really depressed. By the time the Rumble came around was when, you know, the concussion happened. And, like, nothing was going right. And I was like, what's the point? Like, everything in my life is just, like, shattering. And then Rollins won the Rumble. And I was like, I'm going to see my favorite wrestler win the title at my first WrestleMania. Oh, man. So that WrestleMania was so it was history making in itself that to me I will there there was a lot that happened that night a lot that happened and at the time they didn't know how I perceive WrestleMania 35 that it would be my perception and maybe the others cuz it was the last like normal WrestleMania cuz then WrestleMania 36 is COVID mania and you know so WrestleMania 35 the last ever WrestleMania that was on one night and uh but at the time they were looking to make history too as WrestleMania 35 was the first ever WrestleMania to feature a women's main event in which then turned the table and Seth Rollins is in the first match of the night um and he was victorious beating Brock Lesnar which is no you know no easy feat by any means but i guess where was where was your thought process on that especially as a woman I mean, were you were you happy for, that the women got to close the show, or were you wishing that Rollins had a, you know, a different place on the card, or what was what was your thoughts in that moment, or for so, those things? So I was in class when they made the announcement. Like I was literally sitting in my economics class, and I had my phone, and it was like breaking news: WrestleMania 35 is going to have the all women's main event. And part of me was like, "Oh my god, I can't wait to be there for history," because I was at Evolution, oh. so I was like, "Yeah, I get to be on this train, hell yeah!" And then part <laughs> of me was like, "Seth's childhood dream doesn't get to." happen again because wrestlemania 32 was supposed to be his wrestlemania main event that was his wrestlemania and then he got hurt uh, i was like yeah. oh my god he's not going to be able to do it 
And I just felt so bad. I'm like, well, he should at least be excited that his girlfriend gets to main event. But I mean, I was okay with it being the first match because I think I was just so nervous because part of me was like, what if he doesn't win? Like, this would be pretty crappy. Yeah. But the other half of me was like, no, like, the anxiety gets out of the way. After this, it's all fun. Yeah. And (laughs) thankfully, everyone won that night. I needed to win. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. And I was like, well, okay. First of the main show, because I'm assuming you were there for the kickoff show, too, which had a lot of moving parts in that kickoff show. Looking back, I think the only one I could remember right off the top of my head is the fact that that was the night that Hawkins and Ryder won the, the tag team titles. And ending, like, uh, Kurt Hawkins' massive losing streak he was on and giving Zack Ryder another WrestleMania win. That was a pre-show. And, but and it, I guess when the fireworks went off and the, the America the Beautiful was done and you, you got wrestling as the live pay-per-view, then, yeah, you got to breathe easy a little more right from the get-go and Rollins and Lesnar wasn't if I remember it wasn't too crazy long of a match either it was Brock Lesnar so it was two minutes and 30 seconds I actually just wrote an article of my five comfort matches and I wrote a whole thing on WrestleMania 35 and I wrote about Rollins I was like yeah this match was two minutes and 30 seconds (laughs) so I I I had in my head that it was a shorter one but I didn't remember exactly how long so the fact that you're like two minutes 35 seconds like I'm like oh look at you I'm wrestling encyclopedia for a reason, right? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But oh my goodness, yeah, it was. Uh, and you know, and you brought up the fact, yes, for those people who don't see this, which is anybody listening to this other than you and I, I am wearing a Shield shirt right now, and I was always a fan of the Shield from the get go. I didn't watch like the when NXT was a competition show when ECW went off the air. Like I watched that until it stopped being televised, and then it was just too much. And I didn't want to keep going to WWE.com to watch their, their product. So I didn't. And then they came out with the WWE Network. And I said, I want to give NXT another try. So by that point, Rollins' time in, in NXT was already done. Like, he was on the main roster doing things in. So context for me, I was a CM Punk fan. And uh, like I was all for his 434-day championship run and everything else. And... Nobody would listen to me when I said he's going to hold the title until Royal Rumble when The Rock challenges him. And like, no, Ryback's going to take it from him in the meantime. I said, no, because you got to look at the long-term picture here. It doesn't make sense. And then, you know, and The Shield debuts, and they're helping CM Punk. So from the... And I didn't know anyone from The Shield. I didn't know Roman Reigns. I didn't know Seth Rollins. Didn't know Dean Ambrose. Didn't know the name John Moxley. Nothing. <laughs> and uh, uh, And I was like, I don't know these guys. But they have something about them, and they help CM Punk. So I'm a fan. And Rollins was the one I kind of liked the most. And I'm going to give my my friend Trent Garen a shout-out, whether he's listening or not, because he would watch it with me, and he said, no offense, Johnny Cadillac, but uh, of the three of them, Rollins will probably be the first one if WWE does any cuts. I, I don't see... he's He's no Roman Reigns or Dean Ambrose, like... I think he has like the most bleak future of the three. And so the fact that you bring that up and like and we're like, well look at us now. <laughs> and I mean Roman Reigns when you know he's in a historic championship reign right now, but Rollins did some pretty big things, especially at that time. So he did it first and he did it better and nobody could take that away from him, even <laughs> Roman Reigns. <laughs> there you go. And there's no arguments from me. 
Um, we are running low on time. I'm going to be first foremost with that, but we've alluded to it a couple times. As soon as I saw you make mention that you were going, I messaged you right away. I think one of my, I think that might've been on Twitter. I don't remember, but it might've been one of my few Twitter interactions. And, uh, um, and it was something, and I guarantee you probably don't remember this, this fan, Johnny Cadillac and comments on, on one of those virtual lives with Richie way back when, where I brought up the Jericho cruise and I was mentioned, like, I think I was asking if the talent, whoever was on there would want to be on a, uh, Jericho cruise one day. And both you and Richie were saying how you would love to be on the Jericho cruise. And I'm going to, I will never stop talking about the Jericho cruise and how great it is. And the fact that I've now seen the word, the news that you will be on Jericho cruise five alive. Tell me about your excitement. Oh my God. So it was really funny. So a couple of promoters and I were just talking about it as an idea. Okay. As an idea. No, nothing much. It was the same day as the pre-sale. So I remember I was calling my parents and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go on the Jericho cruise. And they were like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> About five hours later. Um, can you please PayPal Lewis like $100 for my down payment for the cruise? My dad calls me in class. You booked the cruise. Are you freaking kidding me? <laughs> I was like, yep, I'm going to Mexico. And I'm go. going to Miami. And he was like, well, I guess there's no turning back now. <laughs> So it's interesting because I've gone on cruises a lot. Like, uh, like Norwegian's the boat that they're using, and yep. I've been on Norwegian cruises forever. Oh, so cruise so, is nothing new to you. Yes, no. Everyone else I'm going with, it's their first cruise. So I'm kind of like the cruise expert, and I'm like, yeah, we got to do this, 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 this. I'm really excited, I think, because a lot of the town I've worked with do is go on those cruises, so we get to see each other in a new light. But yeah, I mean, just a fun wrestling vacation with my work friends. What's better than that? There you go. And you're going to see me there because, like, I mean, I mean, there are plenty of people who've graced those ships. I don't know who they are. But at the same time, it's, there's still a common bond. There's a connection to everyone's family. So you're going to be running into me quite a bit. So we'll uh, we'll talk more than we talk about what Seth Rollins has done between now and then at that point and whatever else. Listen, I'm excited for Deck Wars. I don't really know a lot about oh, that. But I'm so excited for well, it. Be prepared to wear whatever color you're going to be representing because I... I wore, I forgot it was Deck Wars the night that we did Deck Wars on Cruise 4. And one of the Jericho Cruise, I always have to buy some sort of Jericho Cruise shirt on each cruise. And for Four Leaf Clover, which originally was supposed to be over St. Patrick's Day, so it was only fitting that the color of a lot of things was green. And so when they moved Jericho Cruise 4 to a different date, they still kept kind of the same themes and everything else, including a green shirt which I happened to wear the night of Deck Wars. And I was on the, I think I was on the blue team or something. And nobody knew that because they saw a green shirt on me. They put like a green lay on me and everything else. And I was like, so I was cheering for two teams, like the team I was actually a part of and green because it would have looked weird if I wasn't cheering for green. You're a traitor. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be more ready for Deck Wars on Five Alive. That's all I'm going to tell you. The fact that you were able to book the, you said... Nobody you're going with has been on a, a previous Jericho cruise? No, they haven't been on a cruise in general. Okay, so that's that's incredible in itself because I know you booked during the pre-sale, which when I saw that announcement, the only people who had access to it, I thought, were people who have been on the cruise before. So I guess you were able to get in at, at a good time. And, I mean, 
Look at you, you're going on the Jericho cruise now, so... I was not in charge of booking that all goes to Lewis <laughs> of Ultimate Stars. It was him, his credit card he put down, that's all him. I am just here for the ride. There you go. <laughs> well, we uh, have plenty of plenty of conversations, plenty of talks on the cruise. I want to thank you for coming on the podcast today. That was a lot of fun. Uh, this time has flown by, and you know, I just see you know, we'll have more of a friendship from here. You're always welcome back if you want to come back on the Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk as well. If you want to make your voice heard a little more in Nebraska, by all means, I'll have you back. So, Thank you for having me. I haven't done like an interview in such a long time. So when you text me, I was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks again. And thank you for those listening. This is Caddy Chat Wrestling Talk Podcast with special guest Kimmy Sokol. Thank you again. Thank you again for coming on. Thank you for listening. And until next time, we will see you then. Have a good day, everyone.